Hello, hello, hello. And yes, I got a microphone this time around. <laughs> I have a microphone back. Yay. And we are Monday afternoon at the Sea Show. And we're going to be talking about business. As I mentioned uh, earlier, earlier, let me rephrase this. It's Monday. Yay. And Emma is still on Sunday timing. So. <laughs> Mike out there. I have even Mac who's agreeing with me. <laughs> I think the boy wants some food, but he's not going to get any food anytime soon. He ate already this morning, so maybe in an hour. Uh, if he stopped to calling, will be good. It's like bossing everybody here. So that's not what we're going to be talking about. When I, maybe I should do a show, a special one for the pops. It should be called uh, a day with the pops or something like that. But no, we're talking about business because, as I mentioned um, in two of my previous shows, which was yesterday and on Friday um, and on Thursday, we are now going to be talking at the sea show in the afternoon about business, especially realizing that as a business coach, there is a lot of lacking in regards of setting up the right foundation for businesses and how to grow your company uh, without spending more money on marketing and other things that might not suit your company. Because I've seen it too many times when I'm working with clients that they're leaving money out uh, on the table. And there is some very simple things that um, small, medium, even bigger uh, companies can do um, to increase their sales, to basically turn their leads into conversion without breaking the bank, but understanding how it works. A lot of people, and I don't personally have an MBA on marketing, you know, and I don't have uh, a lot of things at all, but I learn all of it because as a business coach, you start to learn the do's and don'ts based on uh, great information. And I have an advantage uh, as well is I've been uh, partnering with a company, a software company, it's a, uh, who has about 497 million algorithm. So it makes it easier when you go through the process uh, of that actually software that helps to really bring a great roadmap tailored to the specific business, to the specific uh, owner. It's not like a once fit all, it's customized. But along the way, talking and interviewing with people because um, I like to interview and do business cases as well. It's very interesting to realize from the get-go, a lot of people do not know how to convert their leads, how to attract people properly on their website and do what they're supposed to be doing to increase their sales, their revenue. And not only this, but they have great products and services and it's lacking. So, you know, it could benefit everybody, but it doesn't in most cases because they don't know. And when you're talk, talking to uh, business owners, they know their craft very well, but the foundation in how it works and the operation behind the scene to get the company rolling is, um, is not as efficient as it should be. So, I'm creating uh, that uh, little course here and talk about it by giving uh, away some of the, uh, quote unquote, biggest secrets 
that um, other, like marketing and other people don't want to share, but it's like, I want to share that information because I think it's crucial for people to understand how it works. It's not complicated at all. It's not, it doesn't require you to be a brain surgeon to do it, but you need to have the right foundation. So doing this, I decided to do that every day, except Friday, if you did not heard the epic show on Friday night, you will understand why I wasn't <laughs> talking on Friday because I started last Thursday. So, but I'm going to do that every day, come about this time of the day or an hour later, whatever, you know, whatever the schedule allows me to do. But I want to talk about it every day because I want this to reach out to people. If you want to start your own business, know this because you will, it will save you time um, on how do you want to do it and how do you want to market your business and how to convert your lead to customers and you know giving it for free is fine by me because there is a lot of things that people should know and yes we're not you know if you're very good in your field that's great but you need the support to get you where you need to be with your company so startup me small medium and even big companies um, needs to do this and some because they're well known for many years uh, and I worked in corporate, so I can I speak per, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, I speak because I've seen it and witnessed it. What helps some of this company to survive were their sales because their product were known. That's what helped them. That's their sales. But inside of it was totally dysfunctional. <laughs> and it was just like, oh my God, they're wasting money. They're doing things that doesn't make any sense. But at the end of the day, because they had the sales, it helped them to continue to move on to where they wanted to do. And they made mistakes. They made a lot of mistakes, like every company. It's not because you get a billion dollar company, then they are all perfect because it's not true. But if you have a startup and a medium and a small one, and you're like, okay, I have a great product. Maybe I have a great bakery. Maybe I got, um, I'm, a, I'm a business coach. Maybe I'm a plumber. Maybe I'm a painter. Whatever you do, it, any companies uh, for any kind of commodities and market. It doesn't matter who you are. It's how do I attract the right people? How do I convey the message to everybody so the people can learn and say, oh, I want to work. I want to, I want to have that service. I want to have that product. So I will give some example along the way, very simple. But uh, for me, it's like giving, you know, giving away some of the foundation so people can realize that, wow, you know, I, I'm not doing it right. And the other thing too, and I will talk about uh, a little bit more about me as well, because when I built my website, I did it myself. So I will explain why I did it and why I never used marketing actually to market my stuff. And that was one of the reasons as well, because you can spend thousands of dollars. It doesn't mean it's going to work. You pay for service, but again, you don't know the result. And if they promise you a result that doesn't make any sense, then you can, you know, go back and sue them. But most of them will not, uh, when you talk marketing, promise you the moon because you don't know how people are going to react uh, at the marketing and how they run the marketing as well. There is good marketing companies and there is bad, like everything else. So I'm not pondering and <laughs> blaming a marketing company, but at all. But you have to be cautious. It's, it's you know, how do you market the best? That's another question. So we're going to get started 
with uh, the basic rule. And I don't know if people know that 80-20 rules. So for business owner, it means that 20% of what you do every day is generating 80% of your total annual revenue. In other words, you're only doing a few things daily that makes you the most of your money. Now, if you work in corporate, you should know that because some people are standing around the cooler talking more they're going working and you understand that, you know, it's part of it. Are you doing more paperwork in the back? I picked on the people who like the water coolers, but sometimes you do more paperwork in the back. That's not going to lead you to do the sale or, you know, selling your product. It's what you got to do on a daily basis to run your operations. So there is five areas that make up those 20%. And it's more leads, potential customer, more conversions, more transaction, higher prices, and more profit. And sometimes you do small incremental changes that can produce big results when you do that. So that's a very interesting point on this one. So we're going to talk about more leads because the formula to generate more leads is your market, your message, and the media. Now for the market, if you have a service or a product, you need to know who are you targeting. Maybe it's a toy, so you're going to target children. Maybe it's a, um, a woman, so maybe it's a specific kind of product, uh, you know, a personal product, a hygiene product. It could be a hair color, whatever is your market. It could be men. It could be sports goods. Who are you targeting? You need to know who is your audience. Is it everybody or is it a group of age between 18 to 35? Maybe it's people between 40 and 54. Know your market. You need to know who you're targeting when you're doing it. Now it can go everybody too. If you, you know, uh, like a soap or anything like that, that could be everybody. But you need to know who is your target market. The message. The message is critical because what is your market dominating position? Are you the first one everybody is going to go for it? Or are you not in a leading position and you need to position yourself as the dominating? You need to be in a dominating position. You need to be there. Or maybe if somebody is before you, you need to be next to it. And you need to, I'm not going to say beat, to, beat, up, <laughs> beat them up to it, but... You need to be in a leading position. You need to put yourself in a way that people can see you and say, whoa, that's what I want because they're good at it because they got something in there that put me, that, that I want, that I know is that good. The media, because that's another thing, where or how your message will be delivered. Where are you going to do it? Are you going to do it on the radio? Are you going to go on social media and advertise that? How and where is your message going to be delivered? That's another thing too. So those are all of the key to successful lead generation. Know your market, create a market dominating position. That's mean, eliminates price competition because again, it comes down to this. Most people, been there, done that, I'm going to go shopping. Guess what? If your message is nothing compared to everybody else's, it's all of the same. I'm the best at this, I'm the best at that. What it comes down to is 
pricing. And I'm going to compare Apple to Apple for the sales. If you're selling me this 20 bucks, but I'm going across the street and I got it for 10 bucks, where do you think I'm going to go and buy it? For the 10 bucks, not the 20 bucks. So you need to eliminate that price competition. That's the key. We have been trained um, here, or I think it's everywhere around the world, but here in particular, that you never pay full price. You always have to go and negotiate like, perfect. But I don't want my pricing to become the common denominator for my product or my services. I'm going to distinguish myself a different way so I can become the, the market leader in my area. And you have to use the conversion equation to basically get the person that looks at your product to convert and said, okay, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to become the customer. For that, you use a compelling offer. Because if you don't have a compelling offer, you're not going to go. You're going to say, yeah, well, I'm not interested. Seems interesting. Yeah, it's okay. Oh, the offer sucks. So no, I'm not going to go there. And the last point is, is your campaign strategic or using tactics? That's another key to know for the lead generation. So when you can answer all of this, then you look at more conversion because people are going to come. But how do you do the, the conversion equation? There is only four things you need to know. And in marketing, nobody's going to tell you that. It's interrupt is your headline. What interrupt me right there? What is it all about Then I need to know? I'm curious. I want to look at it and just my brain say, what? Okay, I'm, I want to know more about this. What, what is going on here? And I want you as a potential customer to engage with me. You're going to engage and look at it and say, well, I want to know more about this. Hmm. Let me read the, the, the sub headline on this one. And you're looking at it it's like, whoa, I'm interested now. Interrupt, engage. The key to really make a good conversion equation is to educate your potential customer. Is the information you provided. If you look at your website and it said, okay, I'm a dentist. So, and I, I will do an explanation on this one. I should not even use the dentist, but I'm going to use the dentist for a sec here. And I'm looking at the website and it said, oh, I do uh, teeth clean, I do filling, I do, uh, I don't know, I repair whatever you want to repair in your teeth. I do bridges. And you're looking at it and you're like, I hope so. Because you're a dentist. You're supposed to do it. So I hope so. And you're reading the next slide line. It's like, well, I hope so too you're doing it. Because if you don't repair the, and do the bridge, well, why are you there for? Because that's your job. Because that's what you're supposed to do. And I hope so. Come back again. If you're looking at a website and said every single line you're reading, every information you're reading said, I hope so, well, that's not going to attract your customer because you become like everybody else's. You, you do not interrupt anything. You have not taught me anything or educate me to do anything at all. You're just telling me something I already know because I know dentist is going to do all of this. He's going to clean my teeth. He's going to um, 
do the feelings, going to do this, going to do that. Like, yeah, that's the job of a dentist. But did you educate me on something that I don't know? No. You become like everybody else's. There is no distinction at all. So that's what's lacking the most. Educate your potential client, customers. And the offer, that's another thing too. The offer must be so compelling and so irresistible. Your prospect, your customer can't turn it down. All right? If, if you don't give them a good offer, I'm not going. I don't care about it. But if you give me a very good one, I'm like, hey, I'm coming. I see something that is interesting that I really want now. That is what I want. And the, the key, that's why, interrupt, engage, educate, and offer. This will stop the chatter in the brain of your potential customer. It will be a no-brainer, basically. You're telling them something they're going to want at the end of the day. Otherwise, like I said, you're looking at the website and saying, yeah, I hope so. Well, that was boring. doesn't tell me anything, and I don't know if I'm going to go see the dentist because at the end of the day, you have not taught me anything that, I, that interested me. I just know what you're doing, but what, uh, what, what's going to be appealing for me to go there? And if you're looking at most of the website, nothing, because the message is not there. The, the education is not there. So I'm not going to go there. I'm going to continue in my little brain having my conversation. Said, no, I'm going to go to the next one and see how do I feel about that person? What is their website? What is their messages? Am I really interested to see it? If yes, perfect. I'm going to go for it. If not, I'm going to go to the next one because everything becomes exactly the same. If you're looking at a website, they're all similar from one to another, unless you get those conversion equations, those four, those four things, interrupt, engage, educate, offer. Very simple. But if somebody is telling us to do this when you create a website, absolutely not. Nobody does. Company that creates some of the website that I know will just do whatever they know and they put a couple of tags line on there and that's it. But they're not going to give you that conversion equation. So the secret to converting more leads is to create a compelling offer. And you're like, okay, what kind of compelling offer are you talking about? Well, the buyer's journey information. So the future buyers, benefits of ownership, why should I buy? That's the future buyers. Why should I buy? Seriously. I want to know why. Because if I don't have a good reason to buy something, I'm not going to go and get it. However, if you give me a compelling offer, something that educates me, it's like, oh, well, now I want to buy that. The soon-to-buy buyers, the objections to ownership, why should I... Why should I not buy it? Because I'm almost ready to buy it. But why is the reason I should not buy it with you? With you and your product or your services? That's a good question. Again, when you're putting your messages and you do that conversion equation, that will resolve the why should I not buy it to, oh, I want to buy it because the offer sounds good. I got educated. I know I'm making an informative and educated decision. And now you got the now buyers. The now, the now buyers are only 1%. So 99% 99 of the people are not ready to buy, but they are between the future buyers and the soon-to-buy buyers. And those are the ones you want. The one who's ready to buy the one, less than 1%, well, 
the only question they have to ask themselves is, who should I buy from? Because at that point, I'm ready to buy. I'm ready to get, let's say I'm going to talk about my car. I bought a car a few years ago, and I didn't want it to go back to... Uh, to Mazda. I said I wanted a crossover, but I was looking at the neighbor and had a Nissan, the ROG, and it looked pretty cool. So I did some of my research and I ended up again, I was looking at it and I ended up to again buy another Mazda. Don't ask me why. But uh, Universal said another Mazda sounds good to you. But again, I went to the first car, car dealership and I said, okay, I was looking for a CX3, which is the baby version of the crossover, the, that pocket car, which is awesome. I love that car. It goes everywhere and park anywhere. And um, I went over there and I was talking with the salesperson. She didn't give a crap about me. She just wanted to put me in a car. Then I did not feel it was my car. And she just wanted to do a sale. I was interested of the car. I wanted to buy a car, but that wasn't that car. And I did not like the way she handled everything. So I walked away, I never bought that car from that car, that dealership at all. However, I, um, I went to another car dealer. I, I still was working online and I have somebody else says who had a lead and contacted me. I liked the person I talked to. They had a car that was maintained by the actually service car, uh, service part. So I knew service part maintained the car very well and they'll not be driven that much. I'm like, perfect. Went over there, look at the car. The first thing I said, I said, that's my car. But I kept my mouth shut, went and ride. The guy was educated me on a lot of things on that specific car, which was good, even though I knew that was my car to start with. But I let him do these things and he really educated me. And then I sat down and got the car. Very simple. He gave me the education for me, even though I knew that car was mine when I saw it. I'm like, yep, that's mine. But the process it did, the education it did, was one more compelling for the offer. Then after that, I went and negotiated. So I got a compelling offer because I negotiated under the pricing. I'm like, we're going to sit down and have a conversation. But at the end of the day, I was the buyer, the now buyer, but I said, who should I buy from? Because the difference between this young lady from the other car dealership did not give a crap, wanted just to make a sale, wasn't even interested if that car fit me. And it did not. Didn't listen when I was talking about some of the options I had on my current car. Then I wanted on the, on the, on the car, the, new, the next car I wanted, not at all. However, the other one, had more to it too. There were more accessories and more stuff in there, uh, but the education was there. The offer that I got was there. Then I went and bought it. Very simple. And it goes for everything. It goes for a service. It goes for anything. It doesn't have to be a car. It could be even a mop. You need a new mop for the floor, but you're going to do some of your research because maybe you had enough uh, crappy mop in the back uh, in, a, in the past and you want something that fits really what you need. So you need to look at what am I going to buy? That's what I did actually for mine, the latest one I did. That sounds silly. Maybe that sounds silly. But if you think about it as a consumer, you want to be educated. Why would I buy your product? Tell me why. Educate me. Tell me why I should go with you. It doesn't need to be, oh, I'm better than a competition because I can guarantee if you start this way, I could care less if you're better and you're claiming you're better than competition because everybody can say that. But tell me why your product is what I need. What is this product has? Educate me about it. 
That's so important and people are missing those steps. So when you're done with your, you know, you're looking at your leads, you do more conversion, then you got the transaction, more transaction. What is more transaction mean? Okay, so we talk, we're going to talk about upsell and cross-sell. Upselling means offering a higher grade or quality or size of the item that the customer may be interested in at the point when the customer is ready to buy. Now, I'm going to give the example of the dentist because I think it's a good one. And I will give you the one from Walmart because I talk about, you know, as I explain this, I'm going to explain about Walmart too and what I like to do. And I'm sure a lot of people do the same thing. So, um, what do you think might happen if a dentist specifically targeted family without dental insurance and offered them virtually the same service as those with dental insurance? but without paying the expensive monthly premium. The dentist will offer a routine exam and a cleaning for $25. Normally, copay with insurance, that's the copay, covers their cost for the treatment. Then they upsell all additional services they need, such as a filling, crowns, dentures, braces, etc. Just like the old chain shop, we give you, we're going to give you a little coupon. We're going to do this for free, but we're going to look at something else for your car. And if these other things needs to be replaced, then this is where you upsell because you're going to get a different service for them and say, oh, maybe you're missing, you have a light missing. Uh, and you know how the lids, uh, those, uh, those light bulbs cost because they don't cost 10 bucks. They cost about 50 bucks. Plus we're going to charge you for that. So we're going to get you $75 extra. So that's called an upsell. That's what a dentist does. I offer you $25 if you, if for your routine exam. By offering a routine exam and a clean for 25 bucks, then there's going to be more things happening in your mouth. So we're going to use the upsells. That's what an upsell is. Now, the most interesting for people, and I work with bakeries, uh, one specific one, and I'm going to expand for the cross-sells. I'm going to go first with the cross sales and explain that example. So cross sales means offering other product or services which complement the item the customer is interested in. At that point, when the customer is ready to buy, 34% of prospect will buy additional product or services at the time of their original purchase, if they are asked to do so. Do you imagine... You leave 35% profit on the table every single time you're not asking the customer, would you like this? Would you like this extra? Because if you never ask the person, you're never going to know the answer. If they said no, that's fine. But 34%, do you imagine 34% of your prospect, of your customers want to, say, to buy extra? It's like, holy crap. Unbelievable. So I worked with a bakery and uh, I was doing actually the, uh, the PAS or the profit acceleration software. I put them through and I asked them and I was, you know, talking to her, to her and I said, do you do cross sell is in your shop? Is anyone ask a customer when you're selling a bread, then you said maybe some olive oils or something because she had olive oils. She got other things or other bread or something that would be complementary to them. 
to, to what they purchase. And she looked at me and she said, no, no, we don't. Not, not that often. I said, do you imagine that if you do this, then the people will be inclined to buy more of your product? It's just a question of education. It's a question of offering. It's the same if you go to a hair salon. If you're done with your hairdo and you're gonna buy, they're going to offer you, say, would you like, a, um, are you interested for the shampoo? Uh, oh, by the way, we've got a new, um, um, what do you call it, a mask for the hair. Would you be interested to try it on? We got some brand new one that comes here. It's fabulous. Some people will say no, but most of them say, yes, it would be interesting to try it. Yeah, oh, well, I will sell you a small one. If you do the cross-sell every single time, that's more profit coming into the bank here. That's not complicated just to ask. But 30%, that's a lot of money left on the table. But a lot of people don't do cross-sells. And that's something people need to learn when you're, you're dealing with your customers is do the cross-sells. This is an easiest way to increase your sales. I'm going to take the example of the restaurant on this one, what, which is very um, interesting as well. Um, so a restaurant is instruct, instructed staff to bring an appetizer wine cart to each table before the patron order and offer free individual samples to increase sales of both offering. And you see it, you see it, I don't know if we see it right now, but I've seen it quite often as well. And they always ask you for if you want an appetizer as well. Repeated at the end of each patron's meal by bringing the dessert cart around and give a free sample of each dessert to everyone at the table as a way to entice the patron to order the dessert. The test and reciprocity instantly doubled these appetizers, wine, and dessert sales. Highest margin offering. The restaurant dramatically increased its total order revenue by implementing an initial order upsell strategy with the wait staff. I did it again Saturday, actually. We were, went out, and uh, I'm going to uh, explain this in uh, just a sec. So train the staff to describe the more expensive entries on the menu and give the patron their personal recommendation. Most patrons uh, go with the staff recommendation and this easily increase total revenue by 10 to 15%. I do that all the time, actually. If I go out to a restaurant and I don't know that place, like we did Saturday, we went to a restaurant and even if you go in my Instagram, you will see the dessert. I should take actually the entry, the... Um, the, uh, the entry, the, not the entries, but uh, what do you call it? Uh, I call it the entries, but that's not the entries. It's the main, uh, main course. And um, uh, you can, yeah, so you can go on Instagram and look at the dessert because they were to die for, actually. I got the cheesecake. I could not believe it, but it was so good. But here's the deal. I went over there and we looked at the menu and I'm like, okay, I wanted maybe a fish. And I'm looking at, uh, um, Ryan was looking at the, uh, what do you call it? He wasn't looking at the fish, he looked at the, the ribeye, and he said, well, the ribeye looks good. And he said, why don't you look at the, what was it? Um, that was on the New York Strip. That was a silent, uh, I think it was, another piece of meat. And I'm like, oh, that's a well, I've not eaten that. So we asked the waiter, he said, well, um, what do you recommend um, for the meat? Uh, for, because we're looking at the ribeye, and he said, well, the ribeye is pretty good, and uh, uh, top silent is very good as well. I'm like, okay, cool, no problem. 
And uh, we ordered the stuff and uh, he gave us, you know, the rundown, like I call the groceries list when you want, uh, what side dish do you want? And they go for like five minutes to give you all of the side dish. It's just like, okay, we order, we ate it. It was wonderful. The, the food was delightful. Came at the time of the dessert because I'm like, you know what? We're going to splurge yourself and just enjoy a little dessert. Well, little dessert, if you're looking at the plate, they were big. But I, I asked him because I was looking at the, um, the grasshopper, uh, one, because there was a grasshopper pie or whatever they call it. Um, and there was a cheesecake and the other one was, uh, what it was, a bread, whatever bread was it, uh, um, then he ordered. And he was talking, when I asked him, I said, so what, uh, which one would you pick between the, between the grasshopper and the cheesecake? And he's like, well, I'm not a huge fan of the grasshopper because the grasshopper has some mint. I'm not a huge fan of that. But however, the cheesecake is delightful, blah, 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 blah. Okay, it was the same price. It did not change anything, but it was the same price. But we talked about it and I asked him. That's what most people do when you go to a restaurant. You ask your waiter, the staff, what is good? What is the What sells the most? Or what did they like to eat? Because you rely on them to do that. So... When you start this way, then you, you lean on the, on, the, on, your, um, on the staff to do that. So it was great. It was just like, okay, so at the end, I did took the cheesecake, except when I asked him, I asked raspberry and chocolate. He came back with raspberry and strawberries. I'm like, no, I wanted chocolate. So he added the chocolate because I'm like, you're not going to throw this away. So just add the chocolate to it. That would be just fine. And it happened that those three combinations were awesome. So that was the, great, the greatest mistake. But... The cheesecake was delightful. I listened to that person. And I'm like, cool. But how often are we doing this uh, when we go to a restaurant? A lot. I do. And I'm sure most of you already done that as well. So that's why the cross-selling is offering something different or that complementary that will increase your sales. And as I said, in most cases, when you, you ask people, they will say, oh, no, or, but there is 34% who said yes. But if you never ask them, they're not going to ask. Or maybe they're in a good mood, like happened once in a while for me, like, hey, what you got here for me? Like, I'm curious. I see this and that. But most of the time, you just leave the store, leave the place where you are. It's like, oh, I'm not interested in this because, you know, I'm not paying any attention to it. But if somebody pointed out to me an offer, I would be curious. I say. What else you got? Because I don't want this, but what else you got? You never know. You open the conversation and the person will buy more. But you have to talk. You have to ask. And that's one thing most people don't. So again, you leave money on the table. And you don't want that. Now, you can look at uh, one bigger thing too. And that's something that people don't understand. How to stop discounting madness by offering additional value through bundling. Because the biggest issue is discount. And I will explain why. So bundling, and I will explain the wealthy tea story. Bundling is simply the process of grouping together certain products to create a package, which are then sold to clients. Create an apple to orange comparison and remove the prices for the equation. That's the key. Remember, if you want to become in the lead as your market dominator, you need to remove the price from the equation. That's the key. People will pay higher items if you remove the price. 
and do a bundle. If you're looking at, um, I'm going to take the example of Apple, a beautiful Apple. You would pay thousands of dollars for a phone because the way they market their phone, they are showing their technology, they are showing everything that interrupt. They interrupt everything. They're not only doing this, but they're educating us by showing why. And there is always an offer at the end. And it's irresistible because you're looking at all of this, even for a $1,000 phone. Millions of people are buying it every year. They will upgrade their phone. And I have an Apple, so hello. <laughs> I bought my Apple phone, and I, I explained the story last week. I will continue to explain the story when I walked into T-Mobile. Um, that was AKA Sprint. And... I had a choice between the Samsung. I looked at the Samsung. I looked at both. But I did not like, um, because it was too big and bulky for me, the Samsung. I did not like that. I did not feel it was good enough. Uh, it's, it was too big, too bulky for me. So it wasn't what I needed. It's not good enough, but it wasn't what I needed. And I did not feel right in my hands. It, it wasn't clicking with me. But I went to the iPhone. I looked at it. It fit in my hand. It was just an easier flow for me. So I went with the iPhone. But I went and visited the other one too because it was like half of the store was Samsung. The other one was Apple. It was funny to watch. But if you're looking at why people are buying them, they're going to tell you because of the camera, because of um, the way it's running their ISO in the back, because of this, because of that. They know why. That's why they're the market leaders on what they're doing because they know why. They know how to Elevate, and you got a lot of people like Samsung and other phones who have been copying them for the reason that they're the leaders in the market. They have done their breakthrough a lot of things uh, to make the phone to be what it is today. Because without the iPhone, we will not have that evolution of the uh, the phone the way it is right now. But it's very interesting to look at it because. At that point, when you're telling somebody you're going to buy a $1,000 phone, are you nuts? And they're like, well, not only this, but you cannot hack it. You cannot do this. You cannot do that. There is a lot of things. And people are more attracted because they know why they're buying it. If you say to somebody without no explanation, without no education, well, you're going to buy that phone. They're going to look at you and say, are you freaking kidding me? I'm not spending a thousand bucks on a damn phone. Are you crazy? But because of the education... The price is not a problem anymore because they want that technology because they know it works great, because they know it's producing great pictures or whatever they have been educated for. And the, the intent of the customer, they have a better now education about it and they're making an informal decision based on what they know, what they've been educated about. So removing the price is the key. That's why bundling is so essential because if you cannot compare an apple to apple becomes an apple to an orange, I'm sorry, you're not going to be able to compare neither one of them. The only thing you're going to go for and the customer is going to go for is the shopping value, not the price. And that is unfortunate that small businesses, and I'm sorry to use the word, 
are lousy on conveying their value proposition. What is your product? What are you doing with your, what is your product? What can you educate me about your product? Because small companies have awesome product, awesome services, but they do not know how to convey the message for the value of it. And when I'm talking value proposition, it's not the price. It's all about what is your product? What is your product can do for me? That I'm going to go straight to your business and buy it. I'm not going to go anywhere else. I want that brand. I want this. This is it. So when you do this, the price becomes the only value proposition left to the consumer. If you don't do it, and that's the problem for small and medium companies, is because there is no value proposition, there is no education, there is nothing telling me what makes you stand out in your product or services that is right for me on the top of it too. It is the right product, but you don't give me the right message. So I'm only going to compare the price. That's it. That's the only thing I'm left with. And the bundling is the option for businesses to basically stop to compare the price, but what you're bundling. Example, and I like my Waltiti, because Walmart is one of the, the, the biggest things for me that, uh, that shows it in a store. You can go to anywhere, any other store, but I noticed it more over there because on their shelves, you will see, uh, I'm going to take, I'm going to pick on the shampoos. Um, and I think there was L'Oreal or whatever. It doesn't matter whose brand it was, but they were, uh, the shampoo and you got the conditioner. So you got both of them sold separately on the shelf and you get a bundle next to it with both of them for a buck more than the single bottle of shampoo or conditioner. I looked at it and what, what do you think I did? I picked up the bundle because I'm like, for four bucks, I get both of them. It is bundled. I pay more, but I got a value pack in there. I looked at sometimes, even funny, um, their soap, their body soap. You got the regular size and you got the bigger size extra for a buck. So when you compare and look at, oh, it's a 32 ounce, and now I have a 64 here for $2 or a buck more, well, I'm going to go for the biggest size because there is more value into it. Even though at the end, it probably costs there's 50 cents more, but, the, but I bought it, but they make more money out of it. But that's okay. I got my bundle. I'm happy because in my mind, I got more stuff going in. It's not based on the price at this point. It's based on the quantity. What do I got in there? So when you do a bundle, the real key to success in marketing is to offer more value than your competition. You do. The pro prospect will pay twice the price if they believe they're receiving four times more values. And that applies for everything. Services, products, for everything across all market. I'm taking example of restaurant because it's easier to put, uh, you know, 
your mind, you're seeing it, the same with Walmart, the same with the dentist. It's just to give an idea, but it applies to every businesses. Do you imagine the prospect will pay twice the price if they believe they receive four times more values? I'm like, holy crap, you cannot miss that. When I was talking with the bakery, I asked her, I said, okay, but why don't you mix up everything? Why don't you add some bread and do maybe a combination of um, pastries, the same with the pastries, the same of everything, bundle things together. That will attract your customer to buy the bundles because it's like, oh my goodness, like the gift baskets, you know, you can make your own basket or we gave you a basket right here and you got extra goodies in there. Well, I want my extra goodies because everybody said that I want my goodies. I'm going to pay for it. I'm like, oh, I got goodies and you're happy skipping. It's like, yeah, I got my goodies. I got more four things in there. I said, then one, Woohoo! I got it. I'm happy. You can give some stuff to others too. It's like, well, in that bundle, maybe there is two things that I like the rest. I'm going to give it away to somebody else. Who cares? But you get your bundle. You're happy. And fortunately, businesses in a vain attempt to increase their value begin to offer discount. And that's the worst thing you can do because they often destroy their margin. Did you know if some business discount their price by a mere 10%, they now have to sell 50% more just to break even. How bad, how sad is this? And that's the truth. That's why bundling is better than discounting. The closely guarded secret that successful business don't want you to know is stop discounting. Innovate your business so you offer more value than your competition. It's the bottom line. Offer more value than your competition, even if that means increasing your pricing. That's another thing too. When, a dis when you discount your price, you lose the full value of every dollar you discount. Bundling increases the perceived value, so prospect buy more. Isn't it incredible when you do this, you bundle? And do you ever realize how many companies are starting to bundle stuff together to help? Look around, you'll see. And people will buy the bundle. I'm buying the bundle. If I have a bundle and I look at it and I feel it's right, I'm buying it. I maybe come with one item and I want to do, I live with my bundle and I'm like, yeah, I left with more than I wanted, but hey, I'm happy. I got what I wanted. And I pay a little bit more. Yes, I did. That's how it works. So increase price and profit. How to cut cost unnecessary expenses. Because that's another thing too. It's like, oh my God. So more profits, there are two major ways to increase your overall profitability, increase revenue or decrease your cost of doing business. Simply raise your prices. Most small businesses haven't raised their prices since ever or they barely doing it because they are scared to death that any price increase, no matter how small, will lead to a mass exodus of all of their customers. And that's one of the fears that most people have. And that needs to be debunked and stopped. More profits. So let's say you sell a widget for $100. Now you're a map. We're going to say pretending map. <laughs> and decide to increase that price by 10%. So now 
you have, and you're selling it for $110, with that small increase really lead to a loss of customers? Yeah, if you're going to leave, that's for sure. But they are mostly likely your biggest price shopper that show no loyalty and patronage to your business. They don't care. They go where the price goes. It doesn't go where the quality goes. They go where the price go. But even though there will be some customer attrition, to what extent? Well, at this point, actually, the business is now making an additional $10, all of which is profit. That's a 33% profit increase for this business to make $1,000 in profit selling their widgets at 100 bucks. They will need to sell 33.3 widgets, but they increase their pricing by 10%. They only need to sell 25. So if you think about it, if you lose a couple of customers in there, you still make uh, more profit because you don't need to sell your 33 at this point. You only sell, need to sell 25 because you increase your, price, uh, your, pri your pricing. So you're okay. It's not like you're going to go bankrupt. That means that you just break even. The business will have to lose 25% of its customers over a measly 10% price increase. This isn't going to happen, of course. But again, when you increase your pricing, you do not go like crazy. You're just going incremental to test it. So, you know, you're not going to go, oh, I'm going to make them pay 200 bucks for that widget. No, you're going by a 10%, a 5%, 5, 10%. And that this is where you can test it and see how it goes. Because if you go to an increased price, like we're seeing lately on some of the stuff, you will just have a, what I call a little heart attack on that. But of course, you know, um, you have, it simply is not a faster and easier way to generate additional, this is simply, uh, there is simply no faster or easier way to generate additional revenue, but it's, in, you know, it's, scary for smaller business to really understand all of this because nobody's given the education or the understanding on how the price work. The other thing too, you need to look at your cost because if you're, let's say when you do a discount and you're discounting, uh, uh, by, a, I, I want to check something here. Mm, yeah, we should be good. Uh, when we're discounting those pricing, you realize that I will take you in a minute, Bella. I want to finish to talk and then uh, I will bring you on stage. Um, I'm just going to be done in a couple of minutes. When you do a discount, you do realize that to create that widget, let's say I do sell that widget for um, 100 bucks, and I to make it, to produce it, it costs me $70. When you do the discount, you do realize you still have to pay $70 to make it. You're just losing the money of your profit at the end of the day. So, you know, increasing the price doesn't have to be dramatically big, but at least you can, that can help you to increase some of your profits without gouging the customer. Some people do, but I will not recommend that. But again, this is part of executing a strategy. You will create a system for your business that will generate consistent large number of leads, conversion, and sales on an ongoing basis. 
you know, because your business creates a self-sustaining model that runs on its own without you having to be there yourself. This is where you start to gain not only economic freedom, but also freedom of time. Can you consider this? If someone owns a business building website, every time they deliver a website to a client, they have to go out and find a new client. It's a never-ending story for them. But when you execute this strategy, you will always have new orders in a pipeline thanks to the compelling and powerful advertising compel with your drip campaign. And on top of it, in some of the business, and people don't even think about it, and I'm going to just briefly say the name, join venture to send you revenue. When I was talking with the um, bakery, actually, uh, just a little story, I was listening to her and I was like, yeah, have you ever thought to, I said, do you have a um, restaurant around you? And she said, yes. Okay. I said, do you have a bed and breakfast around you? And she said, yeah. I said, have you ever went over there and talked to them about your product so they could maybe buy your product and you could maybe have advertising in your bakery about them? And she's like, no. And I said, here we go. Call it a joint venture right there. They should have thought about it. So you have to think a little bit outside of the box on a lot of things, but if you have upsells, downsells, cross sales, taking, talking place daily along with selling additional affiliated product or services to your customer, you will implement higher pricing to your customers. Will willing, uh, they will be willing to pay thanks for the higher perceived value you've created. And you will have lower costs that will add significant revenue to your bottom line. But the biggest things that people don't understand is the formula of uh, lead generation and how to educate people. How do you want a new customer if you don't educate them? I cannot make a good decision if I don't know what I'm getting. And if I'm looking at a website, I don't want to, I, I, I know you're a dentist, I know you're a bakery, I know you're going to make the bed, I hope so, you're going to make a be, uh, bread, but what makes you different than others? I don't see anything right there. And most of them don't know how to market themselves. And this can be course corrected easily with spending thousands of dollars, simply modifying things. Hi, Bella. Are you hear me? Uh-oh, don't tell me the, the app has another glitch on the other side because I had, yesterday I was hosting, ah, I can hear you. Hello. Hi. Emma? Yes. Yeah, you kind of stopped halfway. I was listening to what you were saying and the sentence went, stopped halfway. Uh oh, because I, I, I could not get you at first. I thought, oh, oh that's the same thing. I no, 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 no. I had Please. to crash mine last night for uh, and restart it because I could not talk anymore. The, the, the app did not allow me to talk. I thought no, that was the same I, thing. I, I, I heard about cross-selling and then there was a silence. So I, Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. weird. Yeah. Yeah. There was absolute silence. Well, what I wanted to say is that I totally agree um, 
about understanding your market and mm -hmm. um, you know seeing who your client base is and what the um, what the market intelligence is because that's very good in determining who you can sell to who you can cross sell to and that's very important because if the people around you where you're stationed don't know about you or know about your product then what do you think how easy is it going to be how easy is it going to be for you to sell outside that boundary because it's in a great environment to test the product um, the, there's one thing which I'd like to add on and it's it's a different way of thinking and I'm in this school of thought that when you increase prices I mean you've got to have your costs covered of, of first thing that's mm -hmm. very very important um, but I, I, I'm of the school of thought of economies of scale and that comes with the quality of the product yes because if the quality is not good and you increase your prices yes you get short-term profits but in the long term goodwill which is very very important mm -hmm. and differentiating um, the market then goes so yes. other uh, innovators who are coming into the market yeah can build on that yep that's the reason so, i talked about the innovation you're so right so yeah you? yeah so the question is how do you price competitively mm -hmm. at the same time maintaining where you want to be in the market um, whether you want to be uh, at the top tier mm -hmm. or exclusive um, uh, exclusive clientele mm -hmm. or whether you want to be at the middle tier mm -hmm. or want to be in the commodity base but in either stage quality is going to be oh, very yeah. important absolutely and, and so I think competitively pricing the product is very very important and realizing that you can make short-term gains Mm -hmm. But those short-term gains might be at the expense of goodwill. I'm not sure of your thoughts on that. I, I find it, no, what you said, you're so right on that because it's all based, when I'm, uh, when I'm speaking for me, and I maybe should have put it at the beginning of the, the entire conversation, I'm mm -hmm. talking about good product. I'm talking of sustainable product. Mm -hmm. And I think the difference, because I use the iPhone as an example where, you know, mm -hmm. you have different phone, you can buy it for 30 bucks, mm -hmm. uh, but you got the iPhone, then people buy, I buy my iPhone, I like my iPhone, but it's a thousand dollars. But that's the education as well. You know, you're being mm -hmm. educated on their product and why mm -hmm. you're buying it is based on your education. Mm -hmm. So when they move from the $800 to the thousand dollar phone, Mm -hmm. It was a laughable stock for a lot of people, but for, for people who are Apple consumer, we know how the quality is, but the way they transferred their messaging as well was the education for others. That's like, what? Thousand dollar phone? I'm not going to buy a thousand dollar phone. Well, millions of people are still buying the thousand dollar phone and there is more and more consumer that wants that phone because of the education, the quality behind. Mm -hmm. 
that makes a difference. So if you're, and I agree with you, if your if your product is prime quality, then I'm more inclined to buy it because of the quality. The same when I went to the restaurant and that cheesecake cost eight bucks, uh -huh. the piece. Uh -huh. But when I ate the piece of cheesecake, uh -huh. The quality was there. It was worth the eight dollars. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You see, and that's building goodwill because uh, yes. Let's look at the uh, luxury brand uh, yep. stores like Hermes and yep. um, Gucci. Mm -hmm. I mean, <laughs> when they started to sort of try and you know attract the mass market mm -hmm. um, that selectivity went because the, the things about segmenting the market and then making a choice of where you want to be mm -hmm. and like your cheesecake mm -hmm. you, you you recommend other people it was eight dollars but mm -hmm. you'll go there again oh, and, you'll, yes. and your friends. <laughs> you will eat it again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the thing is uh, that the goodwill cannot be measured, but the greater the goodwill, mm -hmm. the chances are uh, if other forces come to upset the market, yep. they will be much more stable yep. than without the goodwill. Yep. And... Um, because, I mean, for instance, um, we all know um, Lindt chocolate. I love How Lindt many, chocolate. Yeah, specialty <laughs> chocolates are there now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But when you say Lindt, mm -hmm. everybody knows Lindt chocolate. Oh, yeah. But there are other, other chocolates which are just as good mm -hmm. or even better. Yep. But the thing is that you associate it with a certain feeling, a certain quality. Yes. Even yes. though, even though other chocolates may be better. And yes. that's where goodwill is very important. Mm -hmm. And I, yes. I, I may I suggest that goodwill is more important than price. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. I agree. The, you know, when you remove, because one of, I think, the biggest issue we've got at the end of the day is for businesses to remove the pricing in their um uh, what do you call it, uh, in their engagement with consumer, because they're assuming mm -hmm. how, you know, I have nothing to offer to them, so I'm going to go with the price. And it's like, mm -hmm. no, mm -hmm. you got a lot of things. And that mm -hmm. education that will bring the goodwill, that will bring that memory that, hey, I'm associating Lent with great chocolate. Mm -hmm. That comes because, not because of the price, but because of the taste, because of what I told people, even people when they're looking at um, their uh, commercial, uh, there is something that, you know, want you make you want to eat it. Exactly. Exactly. And you're actually buying the experience, right? Yes. Yes. Because oh, there are lots of fancy chocolates. Yes. And they're in fancy packets. Yes. Much more fancier than um, Lynn. Yes. But what, what are you doing? You're buying the experience yes. of Lint. And once yes. you open, take the covers off, and from, mm -hmm. the, 
from the covers, the way it's been wrapped, although very simply, you peel it, you open it, you you eat it. Yet you'll have other um, chocolates which are packaged nicely, but they don't have the goodwill. Exactly. And they may be even priced higher than they Yes, are. they do. And because, But you want this, like you, like you said, is the goodwill. And I think a lot of company, a lot of people don't understand that. And if you're looking at a website, mm -hmm. you're looking at them and it's like, okay, okay, I hope so. Well, I hope mm -hmm. so you're doing it because that's what you're supposed to do. But you don't give me the goodwill. You don't give me that education. You don't give me that little thing that makes you different that really mm -hmm. step up and said the distinction is this and this and this and people are like mm -hmm. if you don't give it to them how would they know mm -hmm. and you know, like i you know you you woman my heart because have you ever have you noticed that when you buy something that gives you an in, indication of the a reflection of the people who started People like that product better. Yes. As you know, I, I just thinking of so many examples, but nothing comes to mind because you said so many things which. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I know, but that's why I'm going to do on a daily basis to come back here and talk about it again and again and again because yeah. there is, you know, for what I do, I see the lack, and mm -hmm. even myself. You can go to my website. My okay. website uh, interrupted at the level because I even have some the seashore uh, finally put live the seashore their website, mm -hmm. and I, I send it to some of uh, the people that I know just for them to see it, mm -hmm. and the answer was it's a beautiful website. Oh, beautiful. Then it catch the eyes because of the picture I'm using, okay. and it makes you dream. You go back there yes. and you're gonna listen to the show, but I'm not selling anything. But mine interrupted. And it's engaging because of the pictures, because it speaks volume to each people looking at those pictures. Mm -hmm. I, I, please send it to me, DM me with it, and I'll have a look. Oh, yeah, uh, I will send it to you via uh, um, Instagram. Instagram yeah. Oh, yeah, because I launched it uh, uh, a couple of days ago, and I even modified it a little bit this morning. But if you're looking at that, it's totally different. And I have people telling me, your website, and that's not only one of them, uh, all of my website, you look at them are totally different than others than everybody yeah. has because yeah. it's tailored in a way to really appeal to the eyes, to really have a message to convey that you want to stay for hours looking at those pictures. Mm -hmm. And I'm not selling anything at all. It's just mm -hmm. my blogs. It's just um, uh, two of my uh, EDG stuff. But this seashell for me, is I love it. I went in there this morning. I didn't want it to get out of there. I'm like, I have to do my work here. Am I? I'm definitely going to have a look at it. Huh? I, I, just one last point. I think yes. with COVID and everything, trust is so important. Yes. Um, so if you're selling a product, people don't want, no, I shouldn't say people, that's dogmatic, but perhaps people want to feel they can trust yes. what is being sold and yep. they'll pay the price for what's being sold as long as it doesn't cause them any additional um, stress. Exactly. And you look at companies like Acado, which mm -hmm. use Waitrose and 
other stores, which are common stores, mm -hmm. but you could go there and get the same product. But what yep. do they do? <laughs> Rather, um, you know, shop for Mercado. And, it, you know, well, why can't you just go there? Because of the, the name and because mm -hmm. of the goodwill. Yep. You know, um, and yet they are, their suppliers are other people who have uh, the web website and mm -hmm. the customer service um, in the sense of they want to check up how you are, etc., etc. Mm -hmm. Trust, 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 trust. Exactly. And I, I, although it wasn't very fashionable before COVID, I think trust is becoming more and more fashionable. And mm -hmm. dare I use the word which I often use here, the essence of the service is what's out yeah. there. But thank you so much, Emma. I'm dying to look at your website. And, I will uh, send it to you. I'm and don't blame me if you spend hours to just look at the pictures because the pictures are beautiful. <laughs> I still have to put my bio in there. Dr. Goodman, I need to have his updated bio. I have to finish a couple of things, but it's up and running. And I absolutely love, and it's not, it has nothing to do with me. It's Shutterstock, okay? I picked the pictures from Shutterstock. And I said, now, 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 don't, don't tell them what the skeletons are. Oh, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying Shutterstock for one reason, because I talked about it last night. And I said, if you're not feeling okay, if you're feeling the blues, if your spirit is not doing well, if you're a little down, go to Shutterstock and start to look at pictures. Those mm -hmm. are amazing pictures. There is hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pictures. They are beautiful. They will lift up your spirit. Yeah, I think that's very, very important. And mm -hmm. I try yes. to do that with my Instagram because um, I try to give a story instead of saying how my feeling. I just yep. curate pictures mm -hmm. which, which uplift me yeah. so that in the hope that it would uplift others. And it's so beautiful when you see, see the reaction. Mm -hmm. And that forces you to even curate in a much better, better way. We all want to feel that we're worthy. Yes. And, you know, things will be okay. Yes. We're being supported. Thank you very yes. much, Emma. Stay oh, blessed. You're, you're welcome. Love you, my dear. It's such a pleasure, pleasure to have Bella um, coming here and just sharing her beautiful thoughts. Uh, but I just hope, you know, if you know anyone who has a business, to just talk to them about those. Because to me, uh, and I've seen it too many times, um, that people don't know. And as I said, when you have, you're gifted and you have such a great skill sets and you have such a great product or services, but don't have, you know, an MBA in marketing or how to run a company. It takes a lot to know that. I have worked in corporate for so many years Then my curiosity, because I'm a curious person and I'm a student of life, I never stick to what I was doing, meaning I learned from everybody because I wanted to know how things work behind the scene. So when I started my business officially, I knew what needed to be as the foundation. I knew the foundation, I knew how to run the operation, I knew a bunch of staff. It doesn't mean I do it all by myself because I have an accountant, thank God, because I will have a problem with the IRS, will not love me otherwise. But it's having people that helps you, but it's the understanding and how do I get the leads? 
people have great products and services, they cannot take it off the ground. But those products and services are amazing and they would be great and help people. But it's how do you market yourself? How do you create everything and convey your message so people can know you exist? Because a lot of people, and that's one of the reasons, and I have nothing against marketing, but there is few steps you need to know. That's why I'm teaching this and I'm talking about it because I do know those steps and those steps do work. This is what we're supposed to be doing for our businesses. But when I started it, and I saw so many offers of, you know, a bunch of companies were, oh, we can do your marketing. I'm like, who are you? And why do you want to do my marketing? And oh, yeah, we charge you $1,000, $2,000, and we'll do it, blah, blah, blah. We'll send it to you, to everybody around. And I said, what is your percentage of, of, um, of success? Well, you know, it all depends. I'm like, yeah, exactly. You cannot give me anything at this point because for me, marketing is a shooting crap, meaning you could be a hit or you could be a miss. It all depends how they're doing it. And I did not feel for my business, for what I was doing, that marketing was ideal. And it was basically for me, for my business, for not everybody else's. It's my business I'm talking about. It would have been a waste of money. This wasn't teller for me. So that's why it's like when you create a website, you don't know. You just have an idea and you have somebody is doing it for you. Well, the website designer, I do know website designer, they are great designers, but they're not marketing. So they're going to create based on what, you know, you ask them to do and, and you don't know either. Most of people are like, I don't have an MVL marketing. I don't know how to do this. But when you got the right tools and you understand at least how it works, what you're supposed to do on those steps, then you have a better success to get your leads and then you can convert them. Because you cannot just say, well, I'm better than Paul and Jack, but what do I care? Is it going to do something, anything compelling to me? Not really. It doesn't do anything to me. But if you educate me, then I'm going to understand your product and I'm going to learn and I'm going to make a better decision. I'm going to make an informed decision. That's what I want to know. So that's what I wanted to talk. And I'm going to talk every day. Uh, here on Wisdom about it because I think it's essential for people to know because not everybody knows that. And again, like we talked about with Bella, people are willing to pay a higher pricing. And there is a reason because the quality is there, because the, the, the understanding, like we compare, like when Bella did the comparison with lint and the chocolate, it's like, yeah, I'm already feeling the experience because I like lint chocolate. Yes especially when you're in Switzerland and you buy them over there, it's like, yeah. So this is based on memories. But if you ever, you know, there is maybe better chocolate. I say chocolate lovers, or I think one is for Colorado, actually, they use Belgium on theirs. And same thing, I discovered by somebody else's and I love it. But again, same thing is the experience. There is brand I will not utilize because I'm not a huge fan of it, but they are as expensive than lint. And there is some then again, like, we, uh, like Bella said, then people will not pass next to it because, you know, we remember lint, we remember specific things. But if you educate people on your um, services and on your product properly, then you're bringing the people to you. And it doesn't cost 
thousand dollars sometimes you just have to modify the website you just have to do a couple of things around that doesn't cost you thousands of dollars because marketing could cost a lot and some they don't give you the result you need or you can utilize facebook there is an equation to do behind to see if it's worth it uh, but some like in uh, Facebook that could be uh, valuable as well. But again, it's how do you market it? Because again, I get stuff from Facebook. I get stuff from Google. Advertise, I give you $50 if you advertise for this and that. I'm like, no, I'm not that interested right now, but thank you very much. They give you incentive. But if you don't know how to market yourself, if you don't know what message you're going to convey, well, you can spend uh, $50 or $1,000 on that. It does not, doesn't mean you're going to have a lead at the end of the day. So it's all about the message. It's all about cross sales, up sales, down sales, but no discount. You remove the word discount and you remove, when you're looking at a product, the word price. If you remove the price, then you have to make sure people can only compare apple to oranges. What you're selling compared to your competitors. What is your eat factor? That's going to justify them to go to you. Or even the price, like we I talked about uh, Apple product. There is a justification behind knowing that even in their phones, they were the only one actually, because Samsung copied them afterwards, that they were the only one, if you open the phone, that have no space. Every space had something inside, a chip, whatever they had inside of the phone compared to the other phone. Because I asked a dumb question. What well, that wasn't a dumb question, actually. I asked one day, I said, well, why don't we uh, put a bigger memory in that phone? And they looked at me and said, we can't, we can't because there is no space for it. I didn't know that. And I learned it that day. I'm like, oh, wow, that's interesting. So you're telling me that phone, if I open it, there is no space in there. It's like, okay, well, that's even more interesting. They took that space and compacted everything in there. Makes a huge difference. Good to know compared to the other one who had space in there. I don't think it did do anymore. Samsung, I don't remember, but I don't think so. But it's very interesting education. So that was my uh, my little training moment for today for the finance. And I hope you get something out of it and interest you because, as I said, if you want to, you start a business, you're a small business owner, or you have a medium size, or you know somebody, just look at their website. And another thing, it's a very simple test. If you start to look at their website and say, I hope so, and you read everything they're talking about, I hope so they're doing it, I hope so you do this, then their website is not, doesn't have that compelling offer that people will be interested. It would be like everybody else's. The only thing people are going to look at is the price. How much did you charge? How much do I have to pay for this? But if you give me the right message that interrupts me, that wants me, I want to know more about it, and it's going to educate me and seeing the offers. And I'm interested because I become a buyer right now because I want it. Even at the beginning, I'm a problem, you know, I thought about it. I just came across and then, whoops, they got my attention. I become a buyer right there. So that was for today, our uh, little uh, afternoon sea show. Um, we're going to meet tomorrow night with Dr. Goodman because we are going to continue uh, with Dr. Goodman um, our talk and it will be about communication between with with our mates uh, so and giving some uh, very good examples and tools and I do know Dr. Goodman and Denise his beautiful wife 
aka the boss um it's going to be uh, talking tomorrow night so that's going to be exciting we're all excited and uh it's going to be fun to do that with both of them tomorrow night but i think everybody should be listening and by the way it's not only for couples but it's for singles as well we talked about it briefly last night learning to know how to communicate will help you to gain and to have your next relationship works better and be successful because most of the time, communication, we're not that good at it. And I do recognize that too, by the way. I'm not exception to the rule <laughs> at all. Because if I was, my God, we got a problem here. But that will be very helpful for for everybody to hear about it. And that's what I love with Dr. Goodman. So we'll, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Otherwise, I will be back here tomorrow on the Afternoon Sea Show talking about uh, business again. Talking about the same topic, because for me, it's so important for everybody to hear about it. I probably will be modifying and giving other examples and explaining a lot of things and, as well. Uh, then I have not talked about down sales. Uh, but I think uh, being able to educate people for them to, you know, create, um, increase their business, their leads, and be a dominating, um, um, basically, business in their own um, community uh, helps a lot. So, you know, there is a lot of potential that people don't realize as medium, uh, small, medium and startup company, joint venture and other things that can help along the way um, companies. And you can do it in such a beautiful way. It's great. So I will talk to you uh, tomorrow night. Uh, no, tomorrow afternoon, actually. Again, we will talk about business, and tomorrow night will be a special C-show with Dr. Goodman and his wife and the tools for communication, so don't miss that as well. Talk to you later. Bye.